Hello and welcome to the Medical Women podcast, the podcast from the Medical Women's Federation, the largest body of women doctors in the UK. I'm Dr. Nathana Bayankaram, I'm the Vice President of MWF and I have the honour and joy of being your host as each week we hear from wonderful guests to help you feel more empowered and confident on your medical career journey. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Medical Women podcast. So it's September and it's the start of term. So we wanted to make an episode supporting medical students who are starting university or returning to medical school or who are starting their clinical placements. Supporting medical students and junior doctors has been at the heart of the work of the Medical Women's Federation since February 1917. And this remains really important to us today. So before we get going in the episode, I want to let you all know about our upcoming conference in November. Put Friday the 18th of November into your diaries now. That's when we've got our autumn conference, which will be held in Nottingham this year. And it's entitled, A Woman's Place is in the Workplace. We've got, they've got a fantastic lineup of speakers. Our local team in Nottingham are organising that. Um, so I'm really looking forward to the conference and I hope to see lots of you there. And we have Lady Estelle Wolfson conference bursaries for medical students and junior doctors. The only way that that we won't get opportunities is if we don't apply for them. So please, please, um, please apply if you're a medical student or a junior doctor. Um, and please encourage all the medical students and junior doctors you know to apply for this bursary. I really hope to see all of you in November. And now let's get on with this episode. So if you're just starting medical school, first of all, congratulations. The whole process of applying and getting into medical school is incredibly competitive. So well done you for getting your grades and now you're off to university. So you're probably feeling a mixture of excitement and fear, which is completely normal. This week on the podcast, we're hearing from four wonderful medical women who've been involved with the Medical Women's Federation. So two of them are medical students. We've got Amy Hefner and Akshara Sharma and two foundation doctors, Dr. Lulu Lyons and Dr. Kethki Bankram. They share their advice to those beginning medical school and for those who are starting their clinical placements. If you're just starting medical school, my words of wisdom would be to enjoy it as much as you can. It can be really overwhelming having long days of lectures and trying to grasp lots of new terminology in terms of anatomy and physiology. Enjoy learning lots of new things, enjoy meeting lots of new people, but make sure that you take time to look after yourself as well. Medicine has a way of just taking over your life and all that the time that you give to it. So try and give yourself some time to keep up with your hobbies or try new things. It really helps to do things outside of medicine. Um, I absolutely love dancing, so I always used to make sure that I did some sort of dance-related activity, which helped me at the time, but also means that when I look back on medical school, I've got lots of fond memories of various times when I was contributing to the life of the medical school. Um, so definitely do contribute to university life and, and the life of your medical school as well. Also a top tip for exams, um, and this applies to medical school exams and postgraduate exams, just remember that nobody expects you to know everything. Um, it can be quite overwhelming in the lead up to exams to feel like, oh my goodness, there's so much to know. How am I supposed to remember all of this? Um, and I have to say, I've been a doctor for seven years now. And I don't think I've ever shared this before, but I'll share it on the podcast to, to lots of listeners. Um, I, throughout medical school and 
you know, I've done loads of exams in medical school. I've done lots of postgraduate exams. Um, and I don't think I've ever done a medical exam where I haven't like burst into tears at some point in the lead up to the exam, just feeling overwhelmed with how much stuff there is to know. Um, and I've had to really just remind myself that, you know, no one's expecting me to know everything. The pass mark is not 100%. Nobody can keep all this knowledge in their heads. You've got to try and remember as much as you can to be a safe doctor. Um, so just try and keep that in perspective. It is really hard. It feels like, that, well, I don't know if other people do this, but for me, it felt like, you know, my whole life, my whole life was those exams and I had to pass them or else. And also after the exams, I have never come out of a medical school exam thinking that I've passed. I always come out of exams thinking that I failed because I remember all the things that that I think I got wrong. Um, and thankfully, I have been wrong on every occasion. Um, every exam I've thought I failed and thankfully I passed and actually did quite well. So just, yeah, it just shows that I'm just not very good at judging how I do in exams. So just try and keep things um, in perspective when it comes to exams and remember that nobody expects you to know absolutely everything. Hello everyone, my name is Akshara Sharma, a fifth year medical student at Aston University. I'm also the medical student representative on council for the Medical Women's Federation. Um, so the first question that I was asked to answer was um, some advice for those starting medical school. Um, so first of all, uh, congratulations, uh, you've gone through the hard bit of medical school, uh, you've got in and give yourself a pat on the back. So in, uh, in terms of general student advice, I would say year one um, is supposed to be enjoyed, uh, you will never get a time like this, um, your vacations are just going to get shorter as you go. Um, so make the most of it, um, do enjoy um, and take it step by step. And the second thing is um, think of uh, your entire medical journey as a marathon. Um, this is not a sprint uh, towards your goal. So just like a marathon, take it one step at a time. Slowly and steadily you will get there towards your goal. Um, if you're going to sprint towards your goal, you're just going to get burnout. Um, frustration, stress and anxiety that um, you don't want to get during medical school. Hello, my name is Dr. Keithke Bynkram. I'm a Foundation Year One doctor in the East of England and I'm also the MWF representative on council for the East of England Deanery. So my tips for starting medical school would be to get organised. So get any equipment that you'll need, especially a stethoscope if you know that you're due to be on the wards from day one. Also, if you get sent any pre-reading to do, please do this as well. In terms of ensuring that you enjoy yourself at med school, my number one advice would be to make sure you have a good work-life balance. So don't spend all your life just going through lecture notes or just doing online questions because you won't feel good in the long run. It's important that you enjoy your time there as well. So do get involved in any sports teams, any societies that you're interested in. Make sure you meet up with your friends regularly and make sure you don't always talk about medicine with your family or friends, even if your friends might also be from a medical background or also in your med school peers. So don't always talk about medicine. And it's really important that you have interests outside of medicine so that to enable to give you time to switch off from med school every now and then. 
Hi, my name's Amy. I'm a final year medical student at the University of Exeter. My advice for starting medical school would be to have fun and try new things because you're going to meet incredible people that way. My advice for starting clinical years would be to not worry if you don't know everything straight away. Your primary goal is to learn how to be a safe and competent F1. Hello, my name's Dr. Lulu Lyons and I'm a foundation year two doctor currently working in the Midlands and I'm currently on my intensive care rotation. I'm at the moment the West Midlands representative on council for the MWF, but I was previously the MWF medical student representative on council as well. So my advice for those starting at medical school would be, um, I firstly just want to say congratulations. Um, you're about to start a really long and exciting and fantastic journey. So well done for getting into medical school. But my first point would be be organised. So it can be very overwhelming initially um, when you start medical school. You have lots of lectures, you have lots of content to cover and material to cover. But also alongside that, you're learning to live away from home, perhaps you're living in a new city, you're meeting lots of new people, joining lots of different societies and being very sociable. So it's easy to perhaps sort of get behind on things. So I just want to say it's important to be organised with regards to your work and looking at your lectures, making sure that you get sort of ahead of your, of your content and know what you need to do so then you don't get behind. My second point would be join societies, um, but I think pick a few and focus on them. I think it can be easy at med school to get overexcited and sign up to lots of things, but I think it's better to focus on a few extracurricular or um, roles um, and do them well rather than signing up to lots of things and doing lots of things and um, only being able to commit to them half-heartedly. Once you arrive at university, you'll have some lectures. So in order to get the most out of these, I'd recommend doing a bit of pre-reading before the lectures so that you know what the content is about once you go to the lectures. But more importantly, doing some reading once the lectures have finished so that um, you can go through the content in your own time whilst it's fresh in your head and clarify any bits that you don't understand. This is also the case for practical sessions, such as dissection, for example. So again, make sure you go through the dissection notes beforehand and also after the session to help you learn your anatomy and make the most of those sessions. In terms of studying, um, a lot of different people um, adopt different ways of studying. Um, people use Anki flashcards that are helpful uh, in a lot of ways. Um, but the one takeaway thing to note is that when you're studying, uh, you need to um, apply what's called as active learning. So even though you're studying, you're taking notes of lectures and you're reviewing slides and content that uh, you've been taught by the medical school, it's important that you apply the knowledge that you are learning, okay? Um, and you can do that by you know, revisiting the flashcards, and um, also solving some questions. Uh, there's plenty of question banks available. Um, if you just do a simple Google search, um, you should be able to see that. 
Um, so that's in terms of uh, study advice. Um, some other things that you can do um, is stick to resources, okay? Start early and figure out what resources work for you. You don't need to follow all the resources in order to um, do well in medical school, um, but just uh, figure out two to three resources that um, you feel has all the information and try and stick to it. Um, consistency is key. Um, so whilst you are enjoying medical school, do try and stay organised and stay on top of your work. So um, one of the things you're probably aware of by going into a career in medicine is that it has there's a lot of exams. So you're probably wondering how on earth do I pass exams? So the main tip for making sure you pass exams is to do lots and lots and lots of practice. So I'd recommend maybe purchasing a question bank where which will give you lots of multiple choice questions that you can practice and say do a few every day. So if I did the I got passmedicine.com and I can really recommend it. It's such a good resource. So if you want to make sure you pass your exams, do lots of practice of multiple choice questions. And the other thing um, that not a lot of people talk about is um, when you're in medical school, you will feel overwhelmed by the amount of work um, that you have to do at times. And it's completely normal to feel that way. Um, the most important thing to do when you're feeling that way uh, is to take a step back, just relax, take a break, rethink what your approach is going to be and plan a strategy, stay organized, get a good planner, uh, which is going to help guide you um, to what you need to do and prioritize accordingly. Um, and learn how to prioritize when needs to be done when and at what time. That will really help you get through. Um, and the most important advice I had for you all is it's really easy to um, compare yourself and have a bit of a competition with colleagues. Um, medical students tend to be really competitive um, and that comes out naturally uh, because um, the process is competitive. Uh, but it's important to keep in mind and not to get carried away uh, by comparing yourself to other colleagues because everybody's experiences, journeys and pathways are different. Um, you're never going to have the same blueprint um, as other students and uh, it will be a bit unfair um, to compare yourself uh, up to the same standards as other people where their journeys are completely different. Um, so do what works for you, focus on yourself. The only competition you should have is with yourself. Um, and that is the only way you will grow, develop and identify um, the spaces that needs development within yourselves. The other thing that you could do is sometimes you may feel lost with the what opportunities are available, how do you advance your career, um, how do you develop yourself professionally. And um, a really good resource is to go on LinkedIn. Uh, there are several accounts uh, where people uh, post their activities and their responsibilities and what they do. And I would say use that as a guide only on um, to find your own interests, you know, that align with what you want to do in the future or what you're currently interested in. And that will give you an idea about, you know, what are the different activities and things that you should be doing or that you could do. Um, but never compare yourself and never never think that, you know, so and so. It's really easy to compare your achievements with other students, um, but just focus on yourself, okay? Um, otherwise, it will lead to a lot of stress and anxiety. 
My last point is um, go in with an open mind. Some people start medical school knowing exactly what doctor they want to be or think they'll be. Um, and I can very much guarantee um, this will change. So have an open mind about each specialty you study, each rotation you go on and each body system you study. So then you will get the most out of it. So in terms of the clinical years, I think they're a really exciting time. And I remember on my first day of induction as a third year medical student, so the first year of um, starting clinical placements, and our dean at the time uh, was giving us a talk and he said, I wish I was a third year medical student again, because you get to see everything with fresh eyes and you get to ask whatever question you like. And I think it's so true. Nobody expects you to know anything as, uh, as you know, when you're starting your clinical placement. So ask any question you think of. There's no such thing as a, a stupid question. And actually, I remember um, one of the doctors telling me as a medical student, the only silly question is the question you didn't think to ask. So just ask questions. Um, everybody is there to help you learn. Um, and it is really nice to finally get to see patients and to learn what the end job of being a doctor is actually going to be like. I think be open to different specialties. Um, I had decided before applying to medical school that I think that I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. But whenever I used to go to each specialty, I used to try and be like, okay, what would it be like if I did this specialty? Um, and I ended up wanting to do most specialties because I thought they were all really interesting. So just be open to different opportunities. Um, and when you go to clinics and you go on ward rounds, try and learn different styles of taking histories and examining patients. I used to write down like specific phrases that the doctors used that I really liked. And I actually still use some of these phrases today that I know I picked up sitting in clinics as a medical student. Make sure you do also spend some time reading up on things because um, that is what you're going to be tested on. In, in the exams, but also you do need that knowledge as well. It's a balance, I think, when you're in the clinical years of doing the book work, but also like the practical work of being on the wards. And I think it does really come through in um, when, when medical students are doing their OSCE exams, you can really tell who has spent time on the wards with patients and who's just been sitting in the library. So definitely make sure that you do go on the wards as well. And as you progress through to final year, spend time with foundation doctors to try and learn as much as you can about the job that you will soon be doing. If you're a final year student listening to this, then best of luck with your foundation job applications. I know it can be daunting um, and a little bit of a stressful process. Just remember that with the foundation years, it is only for two years. And even if you don't get the location that you really want or a specialty that you really wanted, it doesn't mean that those doors are closed for you. There's always other opportunities. You can go and do taster days. You can do an F3 year and go and um, work in that specialty. Um, or when you're in like different specialties, you can try and do projects that are associated with the specialty you are interested in. So there are always lots of ways to get, get um, opportunities and get involved in the specialties that you might be interested in, even if you don't get a foundation job in those specialties. So my advice for those starting placement, I have four points. Um, so firstly, my first point is get there early on your first day at each of your new rotations. Um, it looks professional, but also I can sort of guarantee or in my experience, you know, you'll, you'll either get lost because some of these hospital sites can be massive 
um, or the room you were told to meet in has changed. So it just allows you to, you know, arrive on your first day at your new placement, perhaps in a new hospital or trust you've not been to before, um, and you'll you won't feel stressed and you'll feel relaxed. Um, so that's an obvious bit of advice, but I really recommend it. And you change rotations a lot. So just at the start of each rotation, get there early just to allow for this sort of hiccup. My second point is um, introduce yourself to the whole team when you start on a new ward or a new rotation anywhere. So this may seem obvious, but I appreciate how sort of intimidating sometimes it can be um, or a bit nerve-wracking, as a med student, you arrive on a really busy board, it's really chaotic, or you arrive in theatre and everyone seems to know everyone, there may be a case going on already. Um, and it can sometimes seem a bit intimidating to sort of go up and introduce yourself. But remember, you are part of the team as a med student and everyone's aware, aware that you're there to learn and we want you to be get involved. So I remember some just anecdotal experience here. I remember my first ever day at Barts in my third year, um, my first ever day of clinical placement and I was on endocrinology ward and I remember arriving um, and I introduced myself to sort of everyone in the team throughout that day. I remember, you know, addressing the consultants, the registrars, the rest of the doctors, the physios, the pharmacists, the ward managers, the nurse in charge, all the other nurses and, and all the other members of the MDT who were on the ward that day. I didn't do it at the beginning, but I did it as I went throughout the day. And I was on that ward for a month and I got to know the team really well. And I remember they really appreciated me introducing myself, saying, hello, I'm Lulu, I'm the third year med student, we've just started here. And um, it seems very obvious, but you then feel more comfortable and everyone knows who you are and then you're a part of the team. I also remember um, when I had to go to Bart's and had to go to the cath lab and I arrived and all the consultants and the team and the nurses and the physiologists were sort of in the corner chatting. They were all drinking their coffees before the case started. And I remember being slightly intimidated because everyone knew everyone. And I sort of could have easily have just stood in the corner, but I actually just walked up, politely waited for the correct moment and said, introduced myself and said, I'm the medical student. I'm scheduled to be in here this morning. Um, also then they're aware as well, because I appreciate your rotors as well at med school. In the morning you're in this clinic, in the afternoon you're at this teaching. Um, and I remember saying that and they were all very impressed. I remember the consultant saying, thank you very much for introducing yourself. And it's very impressive that you've come up to us and introduced yourself. Um, so yeah, just introduce yourself. So again, well done, congratulations. You've made it now, you're halfway through, you're almost there um, and you can do this. Um, it's an exciting phase to be in. Uh, phase two is completely focused on knowledge and theory. Although some medical schools do integrate uh, clinical placements for like about two weeks uh, at GP. Whereas uh, clinical years is completely going to be hospital placements. So you're gonna get a lot of hands-on experience. You're gonna do a lot of practical procedures. You get to be a part of the clinical team and follow junior doctors, consultants, registrars and everybody's really helpful in the hospital. So do put yourself out there, okay? Um, a lot of the times uh, we think that uh, if we be in a safe environment, in our comfortable zone, everything will go well. Um, 
But the thing to remember for clinical years is that the more you put yourself out there, the more you show that you're keen to learn and you know keen to do projects, people will be willing to help you out, progress, and um, that's the only way to do. Okay, so put yourself outside your comfort zone. Make sure you get those opportunities. Get involved. Um, do go on ward rounds. Uh, do do clerking. Uh, get the habit of seeing how discharge papers are done. Just learn, um, but make sure your learning is directed at how you're going to be a doctor in F1 and F2. So consistency, start early, stay organized, okay? That's the way you can just stay on top of your schedule, not get overwhelmed with work. And uh, because phase two is completely different to phase one, okay? It's gonna take a couple of minutes, a couple of maybe even weeks to figure out how you're going to study, how um, your placements are going to work, how your schedule is going to work. Um, so do start early so that you can understand that and plan your things um, early on. So my number one rule when it comes to clinical placements is to not be afraid to talk to and examine patients. I know it's easier said than done, particularly when it's your first ever clinical placement. I can tell you for sure that I was terrified on my first day on the wards. But the more you put yourself out there and talk to patients and examine them, the more confident and fluent you'll become, and which will really, really help you in the long run once you become a doctor. Also, the other top tip for clinical placements is to be assertive and seek learning opportunities. So if, uh, say, you're on a surgery placement and the consultant says, oh, I'm going to theatre, would you like to come with me? Then say yes, scrub in, and really make the most of it, because it will be a really good learning opportunity for you. Also, if there's any other junior doctors on the ward, do approach them, ask them, offer to go and take a history and examine a patient and offer to present to them and discuss it with them. The more, So essentially, the more you'd put in, the more you get out of your clinical placements. And also, if your medical school organise any supervisions or tutorials where the junior doctor will all do some bedside teaching with you, then please do sign up for those sessions. Because the more you practice talking to patients and examining them, it'll really, really help with your OSCEs and also in the future as a doctor. So please do seek out these learning opportunities. Identify what you want to get out of each rotation. You can either do that day by day or week by week. I appreciate that at med school, your time is valuable and precious. You have lots of exams, you can have lots of stress, you have lots of extracurriculum things to do. And sometimes at placement, it can feel like you're waiting around a little bit. So things that you can do to make sure that your time is well spent is let the team know at the start of the day what you'd like to get out of it. So particularly on wards, if you let the team know so let the junior doctors, hey, I want to get some, I want to do bloods today, or I want to do a cannula, I want to do an abdominal examination, or I'd like to see a patient who's got some murmurs. If you tell us at the start of the day, then it's on our minds, we're aware. Or if you still tell us at the start of the week, we can make sure that we address these issues and get these things signed off for you. Um, and then everyone's on board and on the same page. Secondly, identify patients on the ward round you might want to examine. So you'll be seeing them and if you think actually that's a really good case um, for me, that's something I'm not 
I'm not very experienced at or I'd like more practice at examining a patient perhaps um, with neurological signs, make sure you attend the ward round and you see those patients and then you can identify those patients and examine them. In terms of practical procedures, it's really exciting because uh, first two years or three years at some medical schools, you're focusing on the theory bit. Now um, it's more hands-on, so it's really what you apply to medicine for. It's all you ever hoped for, and it's uh, the most inconsistent with um, why you wanted to be a doctor. So uh, it's a really great opportunity. So. Uh, for practical procedures, uh, a lot of medical schools have a checkbox uh, about a practical procedure book, so make sure you get that done to, uh, early on in the year so that you're organised and staying on top of it. If you need it towards the end, then you're just going to rush yourself in getting all the practical procedures out of the way, um, and it's just going to be stressful. So don't leave it towards the end, make sure you do it throughout the year and early on in the year and keep practicing the practical procedures regularly. The third advice to emphasize on is um, OSCEs practice, practice and practice. Actually, this goes for both AKTs as well as your OSCEs. Um, both require loads of practice. So if you're studying for your uh, knowledge tests or your theory tests, it's really important that whatever you are learning, you are going through questions or flashcards some way of active learning that you're going through the content okay active learning is much more better than passive learning which passive learning is when you're rereading your notes or rewriting the notes which isn't that effective um, and even for OSCEs practice 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 um, although it may seem intimidating at first but registrars junior doctors well, consultants they're all really helpful so please do ask them beforehand um, if they're available to supervise you or to help you out um, and uh, a lot of people are really helpful. Um, they can observe you doing examinations, skills and practical procedures and they will be able to give you advice on how you can improve, uh, which will be helpful for your summative OSCEs and how you can go forwards as well. And that's a really good way of doing it. Otherwise, every hospital will have uh, clinical teaching fellows allocated. Um, you can book some appointments or a time with them and uh, practice examinations and um, OSCE skills with them as well. And um, so that would be great. In addition to that, go to the wards, uh, club patients on your own, take a history, go with a friend um, so that you know you can give advice to each other about what you missed or uh, what you could improve on and practice with colleagues on your own time. Uh, that is the key um, to doing well in the exams as well as OSCEs. The bit with OSCEs is that uh, it's, it's an examination that will test your skills. So basically they just want to see um, if, when you've been on hospital placements, um, have you been practicing, are you competent in whether, what you need to know. For that year so it's just practice okay it's not difficult to pass the OSCEs it's difficult to do well in the OSCEs and the earlier you understand that it will be better because then you can um, tailor your practice according to that so that's your advice and same for resources for year three and forwards um, I would say just again pick two to three resources that are really helpful I used um, Kumar and Clark uh, I found that book really helpful. It's really extensive, has all the information you need to know. Um, but there will be some conditions uh, where you may not come across 
that much information in textbooks and um, you can easily go to either NICE guidelines or um, patient info and you can read about information about that as well. So practice, practice, practice. And for the OSCEs, again, lots of practice. So do make sure when you're on clinical placements, go in the wards, seek out the opportunities to take histories, examine patients, and also particularly nearer the time, practice with your friends as well so that you can really get the routine slick for when it comes to the OSCEs. So my number one advice for exams is to practice. Um, my fourth point would be bring the cheese and onion with you or the Oxford Handbook of Clinical Specialties. So for those of you that don't know what the cheese and onion is, it's the Oxford Handbook of General Medicine. It's yellow and green. Um, bring those books with you to placement because um, there's, there'll always be a moment where you have time to read them. I remember clinics, I would always be, my clinic would say it would start at two, but it would actually start at half two. So I'd have half an hour and I'd sit and I'd read about the specialty I was about to go into the clinic for. Also, I know on ward rounds, your registrars or consultants might ask you questions about something and ask you to go and look it up. If you have those books there, it's really handy to just read about something. Um, if that's heart failure or anemia, it's all really well put in those books. So they're very handy books to have. And then it means, again, if you've got a spare moment while you're waiting for something, you're, it's not time wasted. You're getting, you're learning and revising. So for all the final year medical students who are listening to today's episode, you're probably thinking about where you want to go for your foundation years. So make sure you have a good think about what the most important things for you. So is it important for you to be with your family? Is it important for you to be near your friends? Or do you want to make sure you get some experience in a particular specialty? Or do you want to, say, do a specialised foundation programme where you get a bit of research, leadership or medical education experience as well. So do bear those in mind when thinking about which deaneries to apply to. And in terms of whether or not you want to apply for the Specialised Foundation Programme. So I've just started doing the SFP and um, my number one advice would be if you are interested in either doing a bit of research, doing getting some experience in medical leadership or medical education then my number one advice would be to just go for it because you never know whether or not you'll get in the only way you'll find out is to apply and you'll only know that you're not going to get a place if you don't apply in the first place so if you are interested in any of those areas then please do apply for the specialized foundation program So at the Medical Women's Federation, we want to support every single medical woman. And we've got a really special announcement to make soon about our medical student membership. I'm not going to announce it yet because we're um, just waiting for our council to confirm that they're happy with things. But just keep an eye out for that special announcement. Being a member of the Medical Women's Federation provides a whole host of opportunities from networking at the conferences to getting involved with research projects and the chance to enter competitions. And we're also going to be organizing workshops specifically for our members. The podcast will, of course, remain free for all of our listeners, um, but we are going to be running some workshops that are specifically for our members. 
So if you're, whether you're a medical student or you're a junior doctor or a doctor later on in your career listening to this episode and you're interested in joining the Medical Women's Federation, we would absolutely love to have you. Um, And here are our members speaking about why they would encourage every medical woman to be a member of the Medical Women's Federation. So the MWF really helped and supported me during my time at medical school. So if you're a medical student and you're wondering how I can get involved in the MWF, so one way you can do this is to become a medical student representative, which was the role that I had when I was at medical school. And I organised some talks by getting speakers to come and share their wisdom about how they became successful, for example. The MWF also organises two conferences a year. Previously, those were online over the last couple of years due to the pandemic, but we're now switching back to in-person. These conferences give really good opportunity for networking and meeting like-minded medical women, from medical students all the way to retired doctors. And the conference also gives you an opportunity to present any research as a poster if you've done any research at medical school. The MWF also organises a medical student essay prize, which takes place every year. So if you're interested in medical writing or research, I um, would really recommend doing it. You get a £100 cash prize and it will also look really good in your CV. So if that's something you're interested in, do get involved. And I think that all women medical students should be a member of MWF because it's a great way to meet new people who have similar ideas and values to you and create really strong connections and networks. If you become a member of the Medical Women's Federation, it's really beneficial. I have been a member for the past three years uh, with MWF and I would certainly say that um, the entire committee and the entire environment is really optimistic, they're very positive, and it's really student-friendly. You get to develop your management skills and your leadership. Um, you get to take, get a take on organizing events and activities for fellow medical students or other people. And you will get a lot of guidance from MWF members um, on that. So you're just developing your skills as you go. And there's plenty of networking opportunities. You will get to know a lot of doctors uh, from different careers, and that's a good way to network as well. You can meet your mentors or um, your future mentors in the specialty that you're interested in via MWF, and um, they're very helpful. Um, if you want to, there's a new project um, going on now as well uh, where you can start research activities with people who are already conducting research. Um, All you need to do is be a member of the MWF and let the admin team know that you're interested in research, what specialty you're interested in, and they will link you with people who have research um, ongoing in that area. So that's a really good thing as well. And uh, the other thing, there's plenty of awards, grants and prizes that are going around, um, essay competitions as well as um, drawing competitions for junior doctors. So it's a, pl- it's a great opportunity to um, develop your writing skills and as well as win bursaries. Um, so overall, it's been a really good experience. Um, in addition to being the MWF member, if you're more keen to take um, uh, up a lead on organizing more activities and 
voicing uh, NWF's uh, objectives and aims, and if you think that it's been helpful for you, then you can also be a representative um, of your university um, and be a part of the group where we can all organize uh, different activities on behalf of MWF. So it's a really good opportunity. I have definitely enjoyed my experience. Um, I had the opportunity to connect with a lot of doctors and hear from different experiences and I felt I was able to professionally develop and um, I, I hope you can do that too. There's one-to-one -one mentoring sessions as well so um, if you want to go into spe a specific specialty and you're unable to find um, a doctor from that specialty at your local hospital or local university you can certainly get in touch with MWF and they can organize such meetings for you as well which is also really beneficial. I think every woman medical student should be a member of the MWF because firstly it's phenomenal to be a part of such a supportive diverse and empowering community who want to address and resolve issues all medical women face at any stage in their training, as well as encouraging you and supporting you in your endeavours. And secondly, and lastly, for those of you wanting to take on a leadership role, um, we have lots of medical student representatives at the MWF. So we need an MWF representative for each medical school in the country. And I think this role is a fantastic way to develop and enhance your leadership skills. I did this as a medical student at Barts and I developed such confidence in the role and learnt um, lots about myself as a leader and what it was like to be a part of such an empowering community. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this special episode really helpful. Best of luck to all of you who are starting medical school, returning to medical school, starting your clinical placements, starting final year and applying for your first jobs as doctors. Um, we'll be doing lots of different things to support you on your journeys. So um, definitely keep up with the Medical Women's Federation on social media and on our website. In the meantime, don't forget to apply for the bursaries for the upcoming conference. Um, and I think we're still accepting abst uh, like abstracts for, for the conference. So definitely submit those. Um, we'd love to, to have your uh, presentations at the conference. Um, and in terms of the podcast, season two will be starting very soon. Um, we'll have a trailer episode coming out next week and then we'll go straight into season two. And we've got lots of uh, very exciting episodes coming up and lots of very special guests. So um, make sure you subscribe for free so that you get all of those episodes directly into, um, into wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, I hope that you have a lovely rest of the day and look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Medical Women podcast. Make sure to subscribe for free on whichever podcast platform you listen on so that you automatically get our episodes. The aim of this podcast is to support and empower as many medical women in their careers as we possibly can. So please share this episode with at least one other medical woman. If you're interested in joining the Medical Women's Federation, we would love to have you. And all links to our website and social media are in the show notes. This podcast has been produced on behalf of the Medical Women's Federation by Dr. Nathana Bankram and Ms. Jenna McKenzie. Our music was composed and played by Dr. Keith Kibankaram. Thank you so much for listening.